Welcome to the Dear Professor series, where college students who take courses online speak their minds. I am your host and e-learning strategist, Dr. Kelly Austin, who is honored to have a conversation with today's guest as she sheds light on her experiences as an online student. I've been teaching online since 2004 and made the tough decision to obtain my PhD through an online program. So I've been both an online instructor and an online student. As a result, I know that some wonderful things are happening with online programs, as well as some not-so-wonderful things going on. The purpose of this series is to help professors and students experience a more fulfilling online learning environment by allowing students to reveal their needs and pet peeves. I hope that this information will support professors in making the necessary changes or adjustments in the design and delivery of their online courses, which should ultimately enhance student success and satisfaction with distance education. So if you're interested in hearing what students have to say about their lived experiences online, please hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that every Wednesday at 8 p.m., the latest episode will come straight to you. Also, feel free to comment about anything said and ask questions. If you are listening via a podcast platform, please be sure to follow and rate the series so that your interest and opinion of the show are made known. Now, before I jump into my conversation with today's guest, I'd like for you to do something for me. Imagine what it would be like if you set aside time by yourself to sit in a special space just to think deeply about what transpired at work during the week. Mm. Not only would you think, but you would take it a step further and write in a journal designated solely for your work experience. You could track your journey by writing about your wins, your concerns, your needs, and the lessons you've learned. You could even develop an action plan concerning anything that matters to you. To end this personal session, you could list all that you're grateful for, or at least the most prominent things that stood out in your mind that week. You would be able to keep track of your personal and professional growth and pinpoint the areas in which you need support. Now imagine what it would be like to flip back through this journal to see how far you've come and how much you've learned about your students, your colleagues, your institution, and yourself. I can tell you from personal experience that the benefits of this process cannot be measured. I look back at my entries from time to time and I am amazed by how vulnerable I allowed myself to be and how transparent and descriptive I was. So if you would like to experiment with journaling about your work experience, I am offering the Professor's Week in Review, a journal for weekly reflections on the higher ed experience to the first five people who email me at hello at kellyaustin.com. That's K-E-L-L-I-E. 
A-L-S-T-O-N.com. And I will send you a journal and a special pen. I just need for you to include your full name and address in the email and indicate that you listened to season two, episode four. This offer is good until February 29th, 2024. So the first five people, I'm willing to give you this journal so that you can do your own kind of personal research and see how wonderful it is to be mindful while you're teaching. The journal is also available at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and Vervante.com. So you can head over to bit.ly forward slash Dr. Kelly Austin if you prefer to purchase your journal today. You may also access the links in the description box and the show notes. Now, today, I am honored to be sharing this time and space with Miss Michaela Wright. Hello, Michaela. Hello. Can you believe that we are already almost halfway through February of 2024? I can't believe it. It's going by so fast. (laughs) It is. Do you have anything that you're hoping for this year that you don't mind sharing? If I could think of one thing that I'm hoping for, I would just say health. Continue to have great health this year. Yes, that is so Um, important. Oh, yeah. I think uh, when we're young, we take our good health for granted. And as my birthdays keep rolling around, I'm like, woo. I see now what my grandmama and them used to talk about. Your body starts changing. So, yes, that is the number one, numero uno, your health and strength. So, Michaela, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hello, everybody. I'm Michaela Wright. I am 26 years old. I'm currently a pre-K teacher in Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools, which I really enjoy doing. Some things I really like to do for my hobbies. I love shopping and it can be any kind of shopping. It could be shopping for clothes, shoes, groceries. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say my other thing, my other hobby is cooking. I love cooking and spending time with my family. Okay, Michaela. So Pre-K, I just love the babies. I know they don't like us probably to call us babies. They probably think they beat <laughs> boys and girls, right? <laughs> so what, right. Do you like about, what do you like about teaching pre-K the most? Well, I think one of the things that I love about pre-K the most is how they s- still have such innocence. Right. Just we can talk about, we know that dinosaurs aren't real and unicorns and all that stuff but they're so innocent that they're like no we're gonna talk about that today let's talk about dinosaurs i also love that they speak their mind (laughs) they if if you do not have tough skin you cannot be with pre-k i know and some adults are not cut out for that because they get really you know in their feelings yes they will tell you about yourself (laughs) yes my cousin was telling me that sorry cousin i'm gonna share this story but my cousin was <laughs> her son um, was in school this year. And, you know, the teacher assistant, she had quite a large tummy. And so he just mm-hmm. said to her, he said, oh, you have a large tummy. And so she got offended and put him in, <laughs> look, she put him in time out. And so my cousin called me, you know, because oh. I'm the early childhood lady. She was like, it, what in the, is that appropriate? <laughs> You know, and I was like, no, that wasn't. 
You know, he wasn't being malicious or anything. They are so funny. They yeah. say anything. Yeah, he was just making an observation. And right. He didn't say it in a malicious way. And I said, she must have missed a few of her child development classes because you would know, you know, when you work with young children that they, they're not censored yet. So they say whatever. They haven't let society, yeah. you know, tell them what to say and what's not to say. So he wasn't being mean. He was just making like if he said, you right. have green eyes, you know. So that is so yeah. true Yeah, that they are so innocent and speak their minds. Now, what's your favorite thing to cook? Yes. My favorite thing to cook would have to be, I like soul food. So any like fried chicken, mm-hmm. I love mac and cheese, any kind of pasta I love cooking. Oh, me too. <laughs> I had to just let pasta go. I, I cooked some recently. But I used to cook pasta so much, especially when I was a new teacher, because, you know, you can make a pasta that should last you a few days. Right. You know, teachers, we on a budget. So <laughs> my friend, I remember my friend Lisa come on time. She said, I know what you have, but Nana, what kind of pasta did you have? Rotini, <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, that'll last me from like Sunday to Wednesday. Then we'll do another, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I love pasta and soul food. I actually just went to a um, soul food restaurant here in Greensboro, Ben's Boys, mm-hmm. with my daughter over the weekend. Okay. It was really good. I have to try it. Yeah, it's really good here in Greensboro. What is your general experience with taking courses online? I love online courses. So I'll say I have been taking online classes for about nine years now. Mm -hmm. So I started my first online classes. I did two years at a community college. And then I transferred over to North Carolina Central. And I double majored, so I did five years there. And then I'm currently um, in school now to get my graduate degree, and I'm taking online classes. For me, online classes have been what has worked for my situation, especially being since that I needed to work. So being able to go to work and then having my classes at nighttime and just being able to do it in the comfort of my own home has always just been easier for me. But I absolutely, I would recommend online classes to anybody. (laughs) Yeah. So what is that graduate degree in? Uh, So my graduate um, degree will be in early childhood interventions and family support. Okay. So what career, tell me, let's, let's imagine you finished your degree and you got your dream job. What would that be? That's a good question. Honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. I have no idea. Really? I know that I have a passion for children Uh and I really love the early intervention side of it, of like diagnosing the children and working with the children zero to three months um, when they need intervention supports and things like that. But I honestly do not know what I want to do after this. (laughs) Oh, okay. So So, that could be something you can do this year in 2024, kind of see... You know, what specific... That's a good one. Yeah, what specific jobs relate to that early intervention, right. you know? Because that, that can, you can do that in so many different ways. And that would be what grades um, with your master's? You'd be able to do K-12 or what does it cover? Childhood interventions, you said. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that would be like zero to eight. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized that you said early childhood interventions. I was thinking special education in my mind. <laughs> so, that's why I said K-12. So you have nine years of experience in online learning and you absolutely love it. 
So let's see I love if you let's see what you give it on a scale. I'm gonna give you a rating scale, okay? So if you were to rate your experience with online courses on a scale of one to ten, with ten being outstanding and one being horrific, what rating would you give and why? I would say one thousand. <laughs> Uh, I would go above 10. The reason being is, to me, I have kind of always been like a self-learner. But I think what has happened is it has kind of allowed me to learn in a different way. And it's been very easy for me, kind of like self-taught a little bit. So you have the information that's given to you. And then sometimes there's not someone directly in front of you to give you the answer. So what do you have to do? You have to go and research. So I think that has been something that I really enjoy about it, which makes me say, hey, do online anytime. And I I think it's just the flexibility of online. It really works with your schedule. Wonderful. So you're a researcher, would you say? You enjoy being doing I like researching. I do not like the paperwork that is attached to researching. (laughs) Okay. You like to find the information and keep it to yourself, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's not write a paper about it. Let's just know. Right. (laughs) I can agree with that. Okay. Well, let's talk about your needs as an online student. Now, a need is defined as something you require because it is essential or very important. So when you click on these graduate courses that you're taking, or even the ones in the past, what do you require or desire from the professor and the course to be successful? For me, a need is structure and being organized. Like, and by organized, I mean like the course material being organized. Okay. I think for one, online classes is already kind of open-ended. And that can be sometimes overwhelming when there's not enough structure in it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier when all of the directions or the rubrics are very structured and you know exactly what you need to do by just reading it. So I think those are like the two things for me. (laughs) Okay. So you said structure and being organized are the two? Yeah. Did you have any other needs? I think those are like my main two. Okay. Like without those, I could not have done online. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this. When you think about the professor's presence, right, where people think because they're behind a screen that they can't feel the energy of the person that's facilitating the course. Have you noticed a difference or a type of presence that you need to be successful? When I think about presence, someone that is exciting, Mm -hmm. someone that kind of like purposely makes you participate. Right. (laughs) Because I think sometimes in the online classes, class is very easy to like just sit your computer up and not be there. But I think when the, when the topic is very interesting or like the professor makes it interesting. So like very welcoming, you know, they call on you, even though you might not want to be called on. They called on call on you. They just make it fun. So I think though that's what I really enjoy about the presence. So do you uh, prefer synchronous classes then over over asynchronous where you don't meet, or do you have do you have a preference between those types of classes where you have? So yeah, go ahead. Honestly, right now, 
I'm doing a mix of synchronous and asynchronous. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like both of them. What I like about the ones I'm doing now is that it kind of gives us a break to kind of like regroup right. after a synchronous class. Okay. So I can't really choose. I like I love both of them. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you want to interact and then sometimes you want to just get your work done on your own. Right. So like you'd be like, uh, I had enough interacting for today. Right. <laughs> I just need a break. <laughs> yeah, so I can relate to that. I can relate to that. And so you're saying um when you all have time to regroup so you don't meet every week, is that what you mean? Nope. So like for example, we meet we met last week, so this Tuesday we do not meet. And we'll just have the classes. She'll like upload an activity and we'll just do it online. Okay. So it's an every other week type of? Yeah, it's every other week. Okay, that's good. All right, Michaela, let's talk about your pet peeves now. A pet peeve is a minor annoyance that an individual finds particularly irritating. It's something that bothers you more than it bothers others. So your pet peeve may not be someone else's and that's absolutely okay. Michaela, what really annoys you when it comes to online courses? What are your pet peeves? My pet peeve would have to be not being clear or organized. Um, I say this is my pet peeve only because I took a course last semester and it was actually research course and for one, it was extremely challenging only because research is so broad and it can be like when you're looking for a topic or looking for articles, like sometimes you don't know where to look. But on top of the big topic of like research and us having to like do a research project, we then on top of that, the the, the instructions was kind of like all over the place. It didn't seem like very st- structured, the layout of the class or anything. So it kind of made it hard on a topic that is already kind of uncomfortable. So I think it's just very hard to like follow along and not be stressed out about a class when those things aren't in place. So that would have to be my pet peeve, not being organized. Okay. (laughs) And that aligns with one of your needs as well, which was to have structure and be organized. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we've made it to the end, Michaela, to the Dear Professor segment where you get the opportunity to share your heart with a fellow professor that you have in mind. So I want you to imagine that there is an online bulletin board with sticky notes or messages from students or professors. What is the note you would leave one of your online college professors? A note that I would leave for one of my online professors. I think, thank you for pushing me. I think I learned the most out of some of my online classes there was also times where it pushed me out of my comfort zone because I'm like very quiet introvert (laughs) so it kind of like pushed me out of my comfort zone at times having to like speak out and it kind of built my confidence as well so I would have to say that is what I would say thank you to my professor for pushing me be great. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So let me ask you this on the other, on the other side, because, you know, when you're a student, it's a kind of vulnerable place to be. Um, when you were being pushed out of your comfort zone, was that stressful? Was it irritating? Like, how did you feel in the moment? Oh, it was so hard. I did not like my professor. <laughs> <laughs> Whatsoever. I was so like, 
upset. I would even be mad. I would go and tell my mom, like, I'm so mad. You know, this professor put me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> but then after I took all the classes, I was like, wow, this professor pushed me out of my zone, but I've learned the most that I've learned the whole entire time. <laughs> oh, that's good. Really good. So yeah, I was definitely like, Mm-mm, I am not liking this. I do not like being called out. I do not like this professor. <laughs> So what you would have preferred to do, just like sit in the back and not, what would have been better for you other than coming out and speaking? Probably just sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) Like sitting in the back, being quiet. (laughs) Oh, that is too funny. Well, as we close, I can just share basically for my takeaways is that you absolutely adore, love, are excited about taking classes online and you advocate and promote them (laughs) for people who are working (laughs) and need to get, you know, more than one thing done. They want to get a career, you know, get their education for their career done as well as work and make money at the same time. So you love the flexibility of it, but you need for that class to be structured and organized You need the course material organized, the directions, the rubrics, all of that to be structured. And other than that, your only pet peeve was that not being organized (laughs) of that is your pet peeve. So I'm telling you, you, when I look up distance learning advocate, your picture is going to be in the dictionary. Look, does anybody own dictionaries anymore? You have to go online now, right? Right. So, Michaela, I have enjoyed you so much. And I'm just wondering, are you going to stay in pre-K? Are you going to teach older ages? Or how do you feel about that? So, actually, next year I am hoping to teach. I would like to try kindergarten. So, I think either kindergarten or first. So, next year I'm going to see if hopefully try to move to a different grade. (laughs) Okay, so Michaela, let me just, I didn't plan to ask you this, but let me just ask you this question. I think that a lot of people have a misconception about the early years, meaning pre-K, early child education, Mm -hmm. kindergarten, particularly let's just stick to those two grades because I think people understand first grade because that's the first grade. But what do you think is the misconception that people have about pre-K and kindergarten? I think the misconception is that that people have is that I know, especially for pre-K is a lot of times they look at it and say like, Hey, the students, you know, it's just pre-K, you know, they're just babysitters. Mm -hmm. And I think what they forget about those ages is that typically in the early ages, that's when the students are learning. Yeah. Everything. That's the foundation. So it's, it's the foundation and it's very important, but I think the sad part about it is that oftentimes the early years oftentimes get lack of like resources or lack of funding. So I think the biggest misconception is that they don't need as much education as everybody else. I feel like a lot of times, like I said, early years kind of get left out as not as important as everything else. Indeed. And I just hope that whoever's listening (laughs) understands how valuable the pre-K and kindergarten years are, like zero to eight. 
um, particularly, but before that, you know, before first grade, um, so much transpires in terms of vocabulary, social and emotional development. And so we want you to understand people might be thinking, I'm saying that because people might be thinking, well, why are people have getting a, a degree, you know, in early child education? Anybody can do that. That's what I believe some of the misconceptions are. But until you get into the field and understand how important child development is and um, that we're not just coloring and, you know, (laughs) playing on the playground all day, that through that play that they are doing in the class, they're learning and developing a skill set that prepares them for the rest of their education and their lives. So I just want to thank you for being a pre-K teacher, even if you never teach a higher grade, because pre-K is extremely important. Indeed. All right, Michaela. Being a guest, uh, season two, you're my guest number four, and I truly appreciate you spending mm-hmm. your precious time with me today, especially since you teach and you're in graduate school. And I wish you well in all of your endeavors and hope that 2024 is all that you hope for and more and that you stay healthy as you desired and said at the beginning of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Remember to comment, like, share this series with three this week. Follow on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe on YouTube. I look forward to spending time with you next week on the Dear Professor series, where college students who take courses online speak their minds. Bye-bye.